girl down there. Didn't you see? There's a girl, she yells. The conductor is only thinking. She was lying down. She couldn't move. Why was she lying down? This is the fourth one he has seen in 26 years. But the three before were different. They weren't like her. Some stand. Some throw themselves. Others have fallen and tried to pull themselves back onto the platform. But she was just lying there. So specifically positioned, arms crossed over her chest, shoulders just inside the tracks. It's too strange, he thinks, like someone left her there. From under the train, you can hear the woman yell. Her voice breaks, and a man tries to comfort her. Shadows move in the space between the train car and the platform ledge. A bell rings and people file off, footsteps mixing with questions. I'm okay, you call out. Your voice surprises you. It is small and raspy, like a child's. On the platform, a man repeats your words. She's okay. He has pushed his way to the front of the crowd, kneeling just a few feet above. The conductor calls. Are you hurt? On first glance, it looks like oil. The way it trickles down the side of your forearm and catches in your shirt. The blood is that dark, almost black. But you don't feel any pain. Just a burning sensation, as if you're standing too close to a radiator. I'm okay, you repeat. The gash can't be more than four inches long. It doesn't look that deep. The conductor debates with a colleague about whether or not to pull the train back out. They radio in to the headquarters to consult, while the woman with that blunt bob calls 911, giving a frantic account of the ordeal. They are sending help. It feels like you are there forever. You can't look at the bottom of the train without wanting to scream. Instead, you close your eyes, trying to draw your arms into yourself, making the space bigger so you don't feel so trapped. It's automatic. The way you slow your breaths, counting them out, letting just a thin stream of air move through your parted lips. Finally, there's an ambulance wail. The sound of medics assembling on the platform above. Then they yell directions, telling you where to put your arms, your legs, as if you dare move. The train finally pulls out, you are watching the bottom of the subway cars pass until there is nothing above you but air. The feeling in your legs has returned. You're able to sit up, but two men in uniform jump from the platform ledge with a board, lifting you onto it. It's only then that you notice the black backpack by your feet. What happened? How'd you get there? One of the medics asks as they pull you up toward the platform. You glance down at your outfit staring at a body that feels completely unfamiliar to you. The front of your t-shirt is wet with blood. You're wearing new jeans and new shoes. The laces are a stiff electric white. I don't know, you say, unable to place the time or day, unable to conjure even one detail of your life. There is only this moment, nothing more. You don't remember? What's your name? The other medic is a short, stocky man, with tattoos climbing up his right arm. The sight of two skulls, roses twisting around them, triggers something in you.
Sadness? Grief? They lift the board onto the platform, one pulling things from his bag. It's okay. I'm okay, you repeat, looking at the escalator a few feet away. It's the only exit. One of the medics shines a light in your eyes, then your mouth. You push yourself to sit, wriggling off the board and onto the cement floor. You pull your bag closer. I don't need help, you say. I'm fine. You're not fine, the medic presses. What's your name? A crowd has formed around you. You search your mind, but it feels like an empty room, with no couch cushions to turn over, no cabinets or drawers to rifle through. Instead, you reach for the knapsack zipper, pretending you know what is inside. Foil pouches of water and...